everyone, and welcome to another one of our Able Voice Debrief Conversations. Today we are, we were sitting down to debrief our men's episode and really felt like we should give space to, to let you as our listeners kind of sit and reflect on some of the things that were said in that episode, those two episodes, um, to really sit in what our privilege is, whether that, whatever that looks like, because we all have it, we all live with it, and there's so much going on in the world right now where I know about a year ago we were forced to look at ourselves and self-reflect, um, just because we were in this kind of microscope of being at home, not having anything else to do but to look at the news and to look on social media and to see all of the things that were going on. And now, just over a year later, I'm thinking that we don't want that to go away. We don't want uh, that self-reflection piece to just leave because we're now able to do a little bit more. We're now able to um, have our attentions drawn in different directions. Um, we're now, you know, used to living in a world that looks like this. And, you know, even when I say that, like, what does that really mean? We're used to it. How do we get used to living in a world where so much is happening? And I don't want this to be kind of a, a down episode at all, but I do want it to be reflective because I think that's necessary. And I don't want these kinds of conversations to, to end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I very much agree with that, Haley. And it's, it's not, um, like you said, a, a down episode or a downer, but I think it's, it's crucial conversations for us just to continue to engage with so that, like you said, we don't lose that self-reflective piece. We don't, now that the world is knock on wood, slowly opening up a little bit more, uh, and we go back to the hustle and bustle of our, our busy, um, lives jumping every which way that we lose the connection to the world around us, that we lose the connection to ourselves or taking the time to, yeah, debrief what's happening in the world or what is happening in my sessions that perhaps um, is, yeah, highlighting my privilege or the way that I walk through the world or the di the differences between um, my lived experiences and others. So I think that's, yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah. I particularly liked in uh, the first part of the conversation that we had with the men, I think it was Dan uh, Robinson who said that sometimes we need to sit in what is uncomfortable yeah. when we recognize that there is a certain power that we have and that power is kind of being torn away by some other element of our intersectionality within those relationships. Right. Um, and to really, to not push back against that, but to sit and determine how can we use that feeling mm -hmm. to, to connect with shared experience, to connect with whoever it is that we're working with and make that relationship more equitable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I think I, I'm, I'm trying to remember if this was at the same point in the conversation, but I believe it was Dan also, the, the wording he used was embracing instability. And I just, I just love that so much. There, there, like you just said, there are things that kind of throw off the kilter or that don't create that perfect harmony. And so embracing those moments, but being able to just, yeah, just sit in them and accept them for what they are and, and create that space to yeah, reflect, is this a, p- a place where I give space? Is this a place where I need to take action? Is this something that I don't understand yet? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I think there's a lot that we won't understand, mm. especially as therapists. I think being okay and comfortable with the fact that we're not going to understand everything all of the time. I think that's a very human experience that we all need to be accustomed to as well, is that cultural humility is to really be comfortable with not knowing and being comfortable with acknowledging that we don't know. Um, And being comfortable also when we get challenged about what we think we know. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a big piece too, right? I mean, there are things that um, that we learn as we walk through this world and, and we can sometimes become quite stuck in our, our beliefs, our perspectives, not um, necessarily seeing it from someone else's perspective. And so it was, what you just said was making me think about how I react um, if I'm challenged by something or if there's if I've done something or acted in a way that has caused harm um, or has caused um, barriers and then someone points that out to me, how do we, how do you take that? Is it, is it something that's really defensive? And if so, maybe there's a little bit more self-reflection or digging that I would need to do. Um, or is it something that we can humbly recognize of, oh boy, I, the way that I'm interacting is causing harm and I need to kind of rejig some of the ways that I'm seeing things are interacting. And I think I think that's a, it can be challenging for sure, because if you're not want, like as therapists, we're wanting to um, support the highest good. But like you said, we don't, we don't know everything. We are human. We make mistakes. And while we're actively striving to, to learn, um, sometimes we make mistakes or sometimes we, we cause harm when the intention wasn't there. But the bottom line is that yeah, it happened. And so we need to reflect on that and take the appropriate steps and understanding how to how to, I mean, who, what's the quote? Uh, do the best that you can until you know better and then do better. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, there's still a lot for us to learn always, but I also, I think there, there are some tools that we could probably give to people who are struggling with that same thing of like, you know, what do I do when I feel like my intention and my impact uh, didn't, you know, align. And so there's, um, I'm actually, I'm searching for it now <laughs> because there are, there are a few things that I think I've come to, to use as a frame of reference for me when I met with difference. Um, and I think that for me, this has really framed some of the, the ways that I respond when nice. I feel called out when some, you know, I like to use the word called in instead of called out, but you know, sometimes there's a place, there's a time and place to be called out as well. Um, and so what, whichever one you're being met with, whether you're being called in, whether you're being called out, these are some of the things that I, uh, that have worked for me. 
So just knowing that uh, when conflict arises or, or kind of situations of discomfort come about, it's important to continue to mm. be a learner. Mm. This is something that we've we've said uh, <laughs> multiple times um, in conversations that we've had in, in my anti-oppressive practice workshops. You know, when I have any talks around equity or, or cultural humility, really checking in with ourselves about, you know, our why for the way that we're responding in a certain way. And so if you're ever in a situation where your actions and your words are met with an impact that you didn't intend, then there are a set of actions that I think will be helpful for you to remember. The first one, and this isn't even getting into the actual steps, but the first one I think would just be to pause. I don't know for you, Kim, but for me, I can be a really emotional responder. And so when things like this happen, pausing can help us not to act in an emotionally charged state where we might say something that we don't mean, that makes the situation worse, that is out of defense. Um, And so pausing will really help you to continue to be a listener, to gather your thoughts, to gather your emotion, to be self-aware that I'm emotional right now, to acknowledge that, to label that, to um, be in that feeling uh, with that person that you're engaging with. And this could be online, which makes kind of your tone and all of that kind of get displaced because of the fact that there are no visual prompts in, in the same way. So after you pause... I think maybe I can put it in like a little neat little package. So like three A words, because at Synergy, we like (laughs) synergisms. We like to call them. We like to call them all the synonyms that we can come up with. I'm a big fan of of all of those. But so if we put it in a nice nice little package of three A's, um, the first one is to uh, assume responsibility for your actions, whether you've feel like what you intended was in the right, you caused um, somebody to feel uncomfortable. And that's a fact. If they're, if they're calling you in, if they're calling you out, you did something within that relationship between you and that person that caused them to feel uncomfortable. And you can start there to assume responsibility for the way that you made somebody else feel. The second one is to acknowledge and validate that you caused someone or a group of people to feel differently than you had intended. So that includes apologizing for harm caused if that's what the situation requires of you. But I think that acknowledgement piece and the assuming responsibility really go hand in hand together. And then the last one is on the same plane as continuing to be a learner, but to ask questions. Continuing to be a learner and to maintain that principle of cultural humility. Um, and, you know, I think when you when you maintain this ongoing learning, it comes natural to a lot of us to listen, which is where we need to be instead of in these emotionally charged, you know, back and forth um, conflicts. Because, you know, difference exists. We all have different styles of communicating. We all have different styles of, um, you know, feeling emotion. And so really framing this so that we can have productive outcomes at the end of 
conversations where difference is existing and where we're encountering dif difference. So it's important if we want to see any progress or any kinds of positive outcomes that we kind of work through these three things first. And then maybe the conversation will continue afterwards and it stops it from escalating in a way that's unhealthy and unproductive. But knowing that you have a, a, a true responsibility in that conversation to, to do those things. Right. Yeah, I, I think... Um... I think those really set it up for us to be able to have a conversation in the future. If you're not doing that first step, if you will, that assuming responsibility <clears throat> from either end, we can't move forward because if we have that barrier of, no, I, I'm right and you're calling me out because of, of your own issues and I, I didn't mean to hurt you, therefore I'm not wrong, um, we can't get anywhere with that. And so I think you mentioned an important piece of, of again, that relationship and we're all human beings on this planet together and, and being in relationship with one another. And so kind of taking that approach of, okay, this is a relationship. You're right. I may have um, not intended to cause, um, to cause pain or to cause upset feelings, but I did. And so I can, I can assume responsibility for that to allow us to have that conversation. And like you said, to keep asking those questions to see, okay, can I learn more so that it can inform my growth mindset or so that it can inform how I best interact with you? Because um, I think sometimes too, there are, are conflicting um, lessons that we learn. Some people, as you mentioned, we all feel our emotions differently. We show our emotions differently. We have um, preferences or stances on, um, on things and we experience those differently. And so some, one person might not... Um, enjoy one thing that you said, but someone else might resonate with that. And if I'm doing something that is harmful to you or um, causing those issues, yeah, let's let's take a minute. Let's see what it is that, um, yeah, how do we need to have that conversation to be able to support you and um, the greater good of our world? Yeah. I mean, it, it's so important. I mean, if we think from a therapist's perspective, if we think from a therapist's brain, um, when we work with somebody that, let's say, if we're working with somebody that has autism, right. one thing that works for that person that has autism is might not be the same as something that works for this person that has autism. And so when we engage in conversations like this, one thing that works for one person who identifies as queer may not work for another person who identifies right. as queer or another person who identifies as indigenous or one person who identifies as black or one person who identifies as Asian. Like yeah. there are so many things that are very much personalized and individual and yeah, really it's not a cookie cutter. Exactly. Recognize, recognizing that this is a human issue that when we are having these conversations, we are connecting with the person yeah. that we're talking to. or the, And sometimes it can be a little tricky when we're working with uh, or when we're talking or dialoguing with a group of people because then there are so many different perspectives and ideas that come into play. But I think it's important to maintain responsibility for what you're bringing into that relationship and always asking questions about how you can learn to support or be um, an advocate for the people that are in that space and allowing them the space to have their voices heard, to have the marginalized voices 
heard yeah. within a space where you are the dominant identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creating that space. If, if that's the very least that can be done and that's the very least in your capacity in that moment, creating that space for those voices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, in, in our conversations uh, with within the the male identifying MT episode, I think it came up quite frequently this concept of shared experience and how that plays into our role as therapists. And there was kind of this dialogue about okay, yeah, how we can connect with people when um, when we do have a shared experience versus if if we're not seeing that that big shared experience. And I think that comes into play with a lot of what we were just talking about. We might. Um, be working with individuals who identify strongly with with who we are or who don't. Um, and that can impact our relationship in a lot of different ways. But what I thought was very interesting um, is that in our conversations, we kind of saw both sides. We saw, okay, we recognize that someone who has experienced a trauma that's associated with a male might not feel comfortable going to talk to a male, um, but they also might because there's the beauty in empowering someone to reframe those relationships. Um, so I, I really just wanted to highlight that again, because I think, again, it comes back to these relationships and how, um, what is our, what are we bringing to, to that um, relationship and how can we best support? And I think it was Stephen in our first um in the first part of the episode, who just said that music breaks barriers. And I think that that's something we all know this. We know the the power of music and the um, capabilities of it. But that's something that keeps kind of coming back to me of, okay, if anything else, we can come back to this music and be in music together, be people in music together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that because um, when we when we speak about shared experience, I think that the people who have those shared experiences are going to find each other. Yeah. I think we naturally um, we gravitate. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. We move toward um, people that have shared experience, which is why it's so important for us to diversify right. our environments sometimes. But the shared experience is also important, um, especially when, you know, you're noticing that perhaps you are in the minority for a certain situation. And so in the second part of the episode, there was a conversation around men of music therapy banding together and forming, you know, a, a group together and it being met with some resistance. I think it's important to honor the shared experiences that people have together and to allow them to connect or find support in the way that feels best and is honoring their experience as long as there's not harm being done there and um so i think it's it's important in in spaces like this and in um Social media tone policing is something yes. that we often see um and there, there are really, there are big gaps and there are big ways that we still need to work out how we are interacting with people, how we are micromanaging certain situations or how we're responding to current events that are happening in the world. But I think it's still important for us to honor somebody's experience and the ways that they are looking to find support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
In honor of International Women's Day, I was invited to be part of a book celebrating Canadian women in the pursuit of happiness, success, and fulfillment every day of the year. Pursuit 365 is co-authored by 365 Canadian women from all walks of life. Every day in 2021, the book features one woman and her empowering story. We have multiple formal opportunities to celebrate the incredible women in our lives, so why not take the time to celebrate them every day of the year? That's what Pursuit 365 is all about. Celebrating you and other women who pursue excellence and lead by example in your communities and beyond. The physical book is available now on Amazon and will be in stores at Indigo Chapters very soon. Follow at Fresh Magazine or visit freshmag.ca slash category slash pursuit 365 to meet the authors, including me. Order your copy now and join us in the pursuit of inspiration, motivation, passion, and celebration. Now back to the episode. Like you said, continuing to grow and continuing to learn and understand, but recognizing, recognizing that unique experience or that perspective and validating it is really crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that there are a lot of things that we can take from this episode. <laughs> if anything, <Yes. laughs> I think like continuing to learn, continuing to grow, there are lots of things like we said at the start of this episode that are happening in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Black Lives Matter movement is still happening. Um, there are are lots of um, unjust Asian cruelties happening toward that community. Um, there's the Palestinian-Israeli conflict that's happening in the world right now. In, in Canada, there were just over 200 children that were found, indigenous children that were found buried um, in unmarked graves at a former former, uh, residential school. All of these things, I just watched actually a documentary as well called uh, We Will Stand Up. Mm. And so if if, if you're interested in going to look at that, um, it's a really, um, it's a really great documentary if you're wanting to learn more about the Canadian indigenous culture um and i think it's available on youtube you can watch it on youtube or cbc Um, but i think it's important for us to continue to be engaged in what's happening in our communities uh, engaged in what's happening in the world if you have a story that you want to share with us if you have something that's happened that you you want us to have a conversation about please do connect with us on social media. Let's start a conversation. You can DM us. You can um, send us an email at contactsynergymt at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on our podcast on Apple Podcasts to say, hey, this is a really great conversation. We would love to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's something that we're really passionate about continuing. And so uh, if you are interested in this conversation, if you want more resources around this topic, please do let us know. Yeah, no, I just, I just think that it's really, it's important because like, like I said, it's our duty to stay informed about all of these um, world events and things that are happening to best support our clients, to best inform our practice. But how do you maintain resilience when 
when you're constantly bombarded with, um, with death and hate and, um, just atrocious things and people treating one another in, in such a horrible, horrible manner. And so, I don't know. I think that that's just a, a conversation that we can have later in life too, to try and find those tools to stay, to stay hopeful. <laughs> I know that's something that I've struggled with. I mean, especially in light of this pandemic and the comorbidity of, yeah, we're in this pandemic, but also, like you said, Black Lives Matter movement, like right at the beginning of it, there were some really atrocious things happening and still to this day. And so how do we, how do we find that resilience to be able to continue to learn, continue to take action, continue to be an ally in a lot of different capacities and not completely burn out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, it's difficult. I had a really difficult time last year mm-hmm. around all of those social injustices toward the black community. Um, particularly because I knew I had a lot of eyes on me mm. and I was dealing with my own grief. I was dealing right. with how do I be resilient in a time when this feels like it hits too close to home? How do I communicate? Even though I know it's not my direct responsibility to educate other people, that's kind of the route that I took. And uh, because that's just who I am as a person. Um, <laughs> it's something that we like to say, but it, it's true. That's just how I was able to cope and to stay resilient by being a part of the solution. And so I think finding what that means for you, how can you be a part of the solution while also tending to your self-care needs? Mm. Because there's a lot of saturated information that is out into the world. And I think that being diligent in the sources that you're looking at, making sure that they're reputable and they're um, equitable sources, looking at the story from both sides. I think that's very important um, so that you can draw your own conclusions and insights from the information that you look at. Um, But also just finding out what being part of the solution means for you. Mm-hmm. And and recog- like you you just said this too, but recognizing what that self care is for you. If it means that you're overwhelmed in a moment and you need to turn off your phone for an hour or stop looking for to be able to catch your breath or to reflect or journal on something, knowing what those um, what those boundaries are for you too, and then putting it into action. Like you said, how can I be part of the solution? What does that look like for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a really beautiful book that I've been reading over the past little while. Maybe some people have seen me post it on Instagram, but I first heard about it on the Voices of Music Therapy podcast. Um, So shout out to them over there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But Dr. Ted Ficken uh, put out a book called Music of Hate, Music Mm -hmm. for Healing, Paired Stories from the Hate Music Industry and the profession of music therapy. So in each chapter, there is a story of somebody involved in the hate music industry. And then there's also a story of somebody in music therapy who shares similar life experience to um, the kind of hate that Mm -hmm. the, the previous or latter person had been expressing views toward. It's very interesting, some of the perspectives that even the music therapists have about 
using hate music in their sessions or, um, you know, how they personally relate and how they found resilience or how they found compassion for those people. Um, but also looking at the transformation of the people that, you know, once had these really strong views toward certain groups of people, how they came to, you know, recognize that it was hurtful and it was harmful and accept responsibility for the role they had in influencing a generation of people that came after them. I think that's what's so important for us to remember in this life is that our actions, our choices, they all have influence and impact on the people that we come in contact with. And making a decision to make those count in the best way possible for the people that we have around us and that we come in contact with, I think is one of the best things that we can do in this life. And it's something that we can do right now. Yeah. It's something that we have control over. And so why not? If not you, who? If not when? Or if not now, when? Well, whatever, yeah. I think there's a, that's a song. I just had it in my head, and I can't remember how it goes, but... It's such a, I saw um, a while ago, like a really, really long time ago, um, so, uh, w- one of the wonderful ladies from Music Therapy Made Simple had posted it on on their Instagram page, and I think it's called Do Something by Matthew West. Mm. And so the lyrics say... I woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble. I thought, how did we ever get so far down? And how's it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven. I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me. So I shook my fist at heaven. I said, God, why don't you do something? And he said, I did. I created you. If not us, then who? If not me and you, right now, it's time for us to do something. If not now, when? Will we see an end to all this pain? It's not enough to do nothing. It's time for us to do something. Hmm. Do something together. Yeah, yeah. So many beautiful songs of empowerment that I've been looking back on and maybe in this in the show notes of this episode we'll include a couple of those songs and those resources that we've mentioned as well but there's another one called Beautiful Noise by Alicia Keys and, and Brandy Carlisle and um, that one literally was replaying in my head for <laughs> for weeks and weeks and weeks I think I shared it um, in a newsletter of mine one of those weeks because I just couldn't get it out of my head. And so if you enjoy processing and listening through music, I encourage you to go and find songs that really encourage that that side of you to do something, to take action, to find what being part of the solution looks like for you, to find out what is the what are the things that you can do to impact somebody positively today. 
Um, And if it's not processing through music, writing, you know, get a journal and, and write things down, make a list, make a tangible steps list for the ways that you can process this and become and stay resilient in what you need to do um, during this time and to make an impact and to make a change. If it's not writing, art, dance, photography, sing, shout, <laughs> podcasting, processing just for yourself, like talking back. There's so many different ways and we all process differently. And I mean, sometimes it takes a, a hot minute to figure out what works best for you, but Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Explore. Yeah. Explore. What's the, the song that you were doing with the Sing It Girls group? Try Try anything. <laughs> Let's have a little bit of that. I won't give up. No, I won't give in to it. I just realized I forgot the words there. At the end, then I'll start again. No, I, won't. I need the words. It's a jam. It's such a good song, though, and it's funny because we learn some of these empowering songs and these upbeat or energizing songs from our clients or from the people that we interact with. And so just like, I don't know, latching on to something. Oh, some of the words are so good. I won't give up. No, I won't give in till I reach the end and then I'll start again. No, I won't leave. I want to try everything. I want to try even though I could fail. I won't give up. No, I won't give in till I reach the end and then I'll start again. No, I won't leave. I want to try everything. I want to try even though I could fail. That's so important. I want to try even though I could fail. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of lyrics in here that I just did like a deep dive of lyric analysis because I was just like, ah, where is it? There's something about a bird. (laughs) Birds don't just fly, they fall down and get up. Uh, Oh, isn't that nice? And just, it's beautiful. beautiful. It's beautiful. And I think there are things like that, that we can all latch on to, you know, find what resonates with you, find what works for you. Just try, try to do anything. something and we'll get there we'll get we'll there get together there. one more time kim i won't give up no i won't give in till i reach the end then i'll start again no i won't leave i want to try everything i want to try even though i could fail i know it's going to be a little off but that's fine that's fine <laughs> This is what we have to do. We're we're across the world from one another now. There's no walking over to your place in this moment to to jam. And so I will I will try everything. <laughs> Gimme. <laughs> try anything. <laughs> Love you. Love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Able Voice Podcast. If you want to find more content like this, please subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at MTA Haley and at MTA.Kimberly to get notified when new episodes become available.